Welcome everyone to today's class. We'll be trying to cover verse 45 to 48 this of chapter 2 today. Uh, last week's class gave an insight about rituals and pujas. Just a quick recap. We said last week that the Vedas is the original scriptures, books of spiritual practices given to people who lived in the Indus Valley area around 5,000 years ago, now called India. And the name Hindus come from the Sindhu River, which flowed in the northern part of India. So we are Hindus following Hinduism. And Hinduism is based on the Vedas, scriptural texts. We said there were four Vedas. Each Veda contains the following four sections. In the beginning of the, each Veda, there's the mantras, contains the chants, praising, beauty of nature. Then you had the Brahmanas, different rituals, pujas, sacrifices. And then you had Aranyakas, different forms of personal worship was prescribed in the Vedas. Then in the end portion of the Vedas is the Upanishads, which contains the pure philosophy describing, explaining the supreme reality, knowledge of the self. And it's the nearest definition one will get of God. There's no other book that describes it, God, in the way it's described in the Upanishads. So this is what we're studying. We're doing the last portion of the Vedas, the Upanishads, 100% philosophy. So I won't be telling you to go and do some pujas during the week until next class or chanting any mantras or anything like that. It's purely knowledge-based. Most people practice only the rituals and the pujas. They're stuck there. To them, that is being religious. That is religion. Doing pujas and, and rituals and going to a temple. That is them being religious. That's the end of it. Nothing else. They do not go beyond this. And most of the time, these rituals are performed for selfish, worldly desires. If I do this puja, I'll get a nice boy for my daughter. Or my son will get a nice job. They'll pass the exams. It's worldly desires. It's not their fault. This is how it's done. They don't realize that rituals, pujas are a stepping stone in reaching the goal of self-realization. 
most of them never get to the philosophy portion. But we said that rituals were important, pujas were important because it keeps the religion alive. Without that, the religion would have been long gone. The philosophy would have been long gone. One in a thousand might say, why am I doing this puja? Why am I doing this ritual? What is the need for it? What is the purpose of it? Then they may look, search for the answer. And when they do, they find the philosophy. But if they didn't practice the rituals and because nobody's going to ask, even the philosophy would be dead. It plays an important role. Any questions? That was what we covered in a nutshell last week. Damesh? Good? Okay. So today we start topic five, which is headlined as desireless actions lead to self-realization. Desireless actions lead to self-realization. From verse 45 to 43, we discuss how desireless actions Performing the right action in life leads to self-realization. Some of you want to reach that goal. How do you get there? What do you need to do? How do you act to reach that goal? You remember, we covered a few classes ago that all human beings act in three different ways. Anyone? What are the three ways human beings act? Can name one of them, Vanilam. I can remember two, selfish and unselfish. Selfish and unselfish. First one is actions performed with selfish and egocentric desires. The focus is on me, my, I. How will I benefit from this action? How will I? How will I benefit? And be, and how will my ego be developed from this action? Number two, actions performed with unselfish desires. All you're doing is increasing the circle you cater to: family, community, or friends. And then the last actions performed without desires. And we said most people act based on the first two. The correct way of acting is actions performed without desires. In other words, doing what you ought to do in life without an ego, unattached to the work, unattached to the result. So today in topic uh, this topic that we're covering, topic five, it discusses how to perform the third way of acting, third action, desireless action. How do we do that? And if you're not used to that way of acting, this is quite deep, but don't worry too much about it. We'll get there because the whole of uh, the five next, next four chapters is dedicated to right action. 
Any questions before we start verse 45? Does everyone understand the different ways of action? Selfish, unselfish, desireless, or selfless. There's another way of saying it is selfless. So we'll start with verse 45. Tregun yavisaya veda. Nistre gunyo bavarjuna Nirvan vo nityasat vasto Nir atmavan Tre gunyavisaya veda Nistre gunyo bavarjuna Nirvan vo nityasat vasto the Vedas deal with the three gunas, attributes. Be thou free, O Arjuna, from the three gunas, free from the pairs of opposites. Remain ever in sattva, purity, free from acquisition and preservation, and established in the self. The Krishna is advising Arjuna about the three gunas. Now, some of you may not be familiar with this. Some of you have joined, who've been attending classes from earlier on will be familiar with this. The three gunas are tamas, rajas, and sattva. Who's not familiar with these terms? Just raise your hand. Who's not familiar with these terms? Okay, great. Then I know how, how, how deep to go into it. So what it's saying is that if you don't have knowledge of the self, if you're ignorant of the self, the philosophy, this gives rise to the three gunas. What are gunas? Three types of mental temperaments in human beings. Three types of mental temperaments known in Sanskrit as gunas, qualities. And each of the three gunas has a different character. And all human beings is a combination of all three. We're all made up of all three of those qualities, every human being. This is really important because if you understand this, you can develop yourself much more easier. If you recognize these qualities within yourself, you're able to develop, eliminate those negative qualities. So what's the first one? The first one is tamas, means inactive. Steeped in ignorance. A person who's tamasic is lazy, ignorant, doesn't care. And this quality surfaces in all human beings between 6 p.m. and 4 a.m. <coughs> Next is rajas, means active, full of passion, agitated, Frenzied activity, work, work, work. 
running from here, there, and everywhere. This quality surfaces in all human beings between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then the third, sattva, transactive, means the quality of a sattva person is contemplative. Thoughts are characterized by calmness, level-headed, poised, serene, equanimous, meaning his balance, he's not affected too much. This quality service surfaces between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. in every human being. You have to have that sattvic quality to reach that state of desirelessness, that state of reaching the self. Only that sattvic quality allows you to contemplate on the self. You overcome the three gunas to reach the state of trans-sattvika, self-realization. That's what he's saying. So every human is made up of these three qualities, these three temperaments in different proportions. Indian, American, Chinese, black, white, doesn't matter. Every human being has these three qualities. And this explains why all human beings are different, have different natures. It's a law of nature. No one knows why this is the case. Any questions? It's important that you understand these three qualities for your own self-development. Any questions? Dhammas, Rajas, Satvik. All of you are made of those three qualities in different proportion. Still has a question. So you said regardless of the gender, race, or anything, yeah. uh, everyone has these three qualities. So could an individual who's never heard of the phase of sattva, rajas, and tamas be a sattvic individual, but not know exactly what that means? Absolutely. Did everyone understand that? Sattva is a quality that people, that a person has, regardless of what knowledge of self he has or not it doesn't matter but you need that quality to reach that goal of self-realization you can't reach that state from being tamasic you can't reach that state from being rajasic any idea any reason any anybody know why anybody know why you need to be sattvic to reach that goal Yeah, Thomas. You need clear thinking. You need clear thinking. And that absolutely. Thomas is laziness. Rajas is frenzied activity. You need a calm mind, an intellect to control the mind to be able to reach that goal. And only a sattvic person has that. Vanita, you had a question.
So this is why every human being is different. Different proportion of these three qualities. It allows you to understand your children, your partner, family members, your work colleagues, if you understand these three qualities. So whatever sattvic nature quality you have, it surfaces between 4 and 6 a.m. So a person with that high quality of sattvicness, it's automatically will wake up, get out of bed at that time. It pushes him out of bed. A domestic person won't get up to bed until 10 o'clock. Yeah, relax this morning. Don't feel like doing anything. Why? Because he went to bed only at one o'clock in the morning. And a logistic person will get up and say, right, I've got to do this, do this, do this. I've got so much to work to do today. I have to fit it all in. He'll be running around everywhere. That's Rajas. That's why after 6 a.m., it's hard to concentrate on this subject because the Rajas takes the Rajasic, the Rajas takes over. That quality surfaces. So all you can think about is your work, what I need to do today. When can I do it? How to do it, etc. Your mind is already on that work. So you can't focus on this subject or any subject by that matter. That's why if you want to develop yourself, you have to study this scripture between four and six. Not only will you find it easier to understand, you'll enjoy it. It won't be like you're forcing yourself you can't wait to do it if you do it at that time of the morning. After that, it becomes a burden because your mind is thinking of all the things you need to do that day. That's why you go to Las Vegas, everything starts at 6 p.m. All the shows, gambling, everything, because they know people's mind, domestic mind, is now surfaced. So what should your goal be in life? What should your, be, your goal be? After now, you, today's class, you'll understand all these three qualities. What, will your goal, what should your goal be? Someone give me the right answer. Otherwise, yes, Vanita. Become sattvic. Become sattvic. Strive to become sattvic. And how do you do that? By reducing the other two qualities. So right now, you might be 30% tamasic, 50% rajasic, 20% sattvic. You all have sattvic nature, a, por a large portion of that's why you're in the class. A tamasic or rajasic person will not be able to sit for an hour and listen to this. He'll be thinking, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do after this class? He can't think. Increase the sattvic quality in you. Then you can reach that higher goal, trans-sattva, the state of God-realization. So your 
goal in life is to keep developing yourself. Progress on the spiritual path. Process reducing your tamas and rajas to increase sattva. Putting in the effort to raise yourself. You might say, how do I do that? How can you do that today? After this class today, what can you do to increase the to start increasing the sattvic quality in you? What could you do today? Simple thing. Reduce your agitations and anger. Sorry? Reduce your agitations and anger. Yeah, but how? If I say to you after this class, what's the first thing you can do to, to help increase the sattvic quality in you? What would you do? Okay, well. Wake up. Wake yeah. up. I was going to say, wake huh? up at 4 a.m. <laughs> How can you wake up at 4 a.m.? Go to bed early. <laughs> Thank you. First step you can do is go to bed early tonight. See, there's two things you're doing by going to bed early. One, you can get up at 4 a.m. or 4.30 or 5 a.m. Okay. And you got that one hour of sattvic quality in you. But more importantly, what you're doing is you're reducing your tamas automatically. Tamas starts at 6 p.m. till 4 a.m. Yeah, 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. is tamasic time. You watch TV, you sit, laziness, yeah, can't be, can't, can't, don't have, um, you don't want to do anything, you just want to laze around. If you go to bed at 9, 9.30, you're only having three and a half hours of tamasic time. And you're increasing your sattvic time in the morning. So you're already decreasing that negative quality and increasing that positive quality simply by going to bed early. Silabin, make sense? Yeah, you're reducing that time you're exposed to that tamasic quality. So that's the first thing you can do, simple thing. In the ashram, 9.30, everyone has to go to bed. And if you think about it, what do you do after nine o'clock that's so important? Yeah, you evaluate, I don't need to know. You evaluate what actions you do after nine o'clock that has an importance. You guys decide. So therefore, reducing that quality and increasing sattvic, just go to bed early. Anyone know the main difference between these three temperaments, these three qualities? We, so, we said, that what the qualities are. Any idea? What is the main difference? Tamas operates at the level of the body. Rajas at the level of the mind. Sattvic operates at the level of the intellect. What wants to stay in bed? The body. What wants to do activities? The mind. What wants to just sattvic nature will take, will want to learn more spirituality, be more calm, poised. Only the intellect can do that. How can you reach that sattvic quality if you control the mind? 
Only the intellect can control it. So, sattvic quality operates at the level of the intellect. In the morning when you wake up and study, it's the intellect. Any questions? We'll be covering again afterwards, but just get the basic gist of the idea of these three qualities in human beings. So now you can say to your partner when he's being lazy, don't be so tamasic. You won't know what you're talking about, so it'll be all right. <laughs> so only a human being can change their nature. Why? Why can only a human being can change the nature? Only a human being can change, reduce their tamasic, rajasic, and become more sattvic. Why can only a human being? And no, no other creature can do it. You have the intellect to our disposal. Yeah, you, you have the intellect. Yeah, very good, Ravi. Um, one other thing. It's linked to what Ravi has said. Arunabhan. We have the capacity to reason and think. Yeah, that's once again the intellect. One more fundamental reason. We have a choice. Perfect. Shilabin. Only a human being has a choice in action. Animals are pre programmed, they cannot change the way they are. A herbivore cannot become a meat eater. A meat eater cannot become a herbivore. A lion will always be aggressive. A tiger will be aggressive. A cow will not. It'll always be passive. Even if you're hitting it, it's not going to attack you. That's the nature. They're pre-programmed. They can't change their nature. Only a human being can. And that's why being born a human being is such a privilege. Because only a human being can reach that next level, that next stage of self-realization, reach the goal. No other animals can. So you can listen to all the lectures by all the saints, watch all the serials on TV, Mahabharata, listen to spiritual people, but unless you put in effort to change yourself, it won't help. You need to put self-effort to change yourself. Otherwise, as I say, it's like gold on a mule's back. You have all the knowledge, but you're still the same person. You don't need a lot of knowledge, just a little bit of knowledge, but you have to apply it. Like today, you've learned about these three qualities. We're all, all made up of these three qualities. The first thing you, on your mind should be, how can I reduce the tamasic quality in me and become more rajasic, more sattvic? Apply it, work on it, you change. Otherwise, it doesn't make any difference. I have a question. Yeah. Is it that's why babies get up so early? Until they're about five or six, you know, children they just get up early in the morning. It's at auto clock. They just because 
they have a lot of energy. But even they, mentally, they, they have a lot of clarity. Yeah, because their mind isn't uh, um, in the world yet. They're not attached to all the uh, everything in the world, ego, mind. Mind is not attached. It's not worried about anything. Food is supplied to them. And what food? Food they like. What have they got to complain about? My child doesn't like this. Only give him this make food. Why has the child got anything to worry about? All he does is play. I've got a professional next to me telling me about child's children. So that's why. So, but as you start developing 10, 11, 12, different person. Worries, anxieties, likes and dislikes, all that manifests. What clothes I should wear to school, latest fashion, all those things come up. So you have to analyze yourself, your own personality. Sit down, think, what portion of tamasic do you think I have? What portion of rajasic am I? What portion of sattvic am I? doesn't matter if it's accurate or not. But just think about it. Study, reflect on this knowledge. Only then it'll turn into wisdom. And then you're able to start living what you have learned. Until then, it's not going to help. Think about it in the morning during sattvic time. Implement it in your life. Then it will change you. So you have to put the effort. Krishna instructs Arjuna to become free from the pairs of opposites and the influence of the three gunas. So as you develop yourself from tamas to rajas to sattva, you become free from the pairs of opposites, your likes and dislikes. As we said, the world is made of pairs of opposites. I don't have to go over that again. Heat and cold, profit, loss, honor and dishonor. As you become more sattvic, they don't bother you. And the last portion, it says, free from acquisition and preservation and established in the self. What are we all obsessed in life with? Acquisition and preservation. Acquisition and enjoyment. To acquire more than what we have and preserve what we already have. This amount of money is in the savings account. We mustn't touch that. We have to preserve that. And then we want to earn more. I'm not saying it's wrong. Yes. A whole life revolves around this obsession. The pairs of opposites, acquisition and enjoyment, acquisition, preservation. We're all obsessed with this, it's saying. You become free of that as you establish yourself in that sattvic state. If you observe, we as humans are agitated until we get the object of our desire. I want this, I want that, 
Until you get that, you're agitated. And then once we have that object of our desire, we get agitated in case we lose that object. It's mine. No one's going to take it from me. So we're now agitated because we want to make, keep hold of it. And just in case we lose that object. Now, don't get the wrong idea. There's no taboo in acquiring what we want in life. No one's saying you can only have this much or that much or this size house or this many cars. Nobody's saying that. In fact, in the Gita, nowhere does it say you should only do this, you shouldn't do that. You should only have this, you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't eat meat, you shouldn't drink. It doesn't say anywhere in the Gita. Because they know people cannot adhere to it. Can't, they, people don't like to be told what to do and what not to do. So there's no taboo in crying what we want in life in the Gita. But you have to follow just one rule. Anyone know what that rule is? What is that one rule? Acquire as much as you want. Yeah, Verita? Try and be less selfish, selfless as much as possible. Okay, yeah. Joshnamen? Don't get attached to whatever you have. Don't be attached to whatever you have. Absolutely. What else? One more thing. Be content with what you got. Yeah, be content. Don't let your present happiness be linked to future acquisitions. If I get that, then I will be happy. If I get that, then I will be happy. If I have this much money, then I'll be happy. If I marry this girl, then I'll be happy. If I have a boy and girl, then I'll be happy. Any idea why? Don't let your present happiness be linked to future acquisitions. This is a very important uh, phrase. You understand this? You made, yeah, Kevo. Because it will never end, right? Um, never end. When you when you acquire the next thing, something else pops up, right? It's just a continuous cycle. The mind is insatiable. The mind will always want something. Therefore, you'll never be happy. So learn that today. Be happy with what you have and aspire for more if you want. But never base your happiness on future acquisitions. You'll never be happy. You have a three-bedroom house, be happy. You can afford a four-bedroom and you need a four-bedroom. Aspire to it, no problem. But be happy today with what you have. As we've mentioned in every class, we have a lot to be grateful for already. Don't let your present happiness be linked to future acquisitions. Krishna advises Arjuna to raise himself to sattvic quality. 
become free from this madness, become established in the self. Only when you have reached that state, you become free from the world. You're not affected by whatever goes in the world. Russia are going to invade Ukraine. So what? Let them do what they want. I'm not going to be affected. Not that you don't care. But what's the point of being agitated? There's nothing you can do. You become self-sufficient, independent from the world. You have reached that high state. Any questions? That's first. These verses are so deep. Verse 45, that is. Any questions on that? Yep, so. You were saying about the sattvic time, um, spending the time to reflect and contemplate. So during that time, do we concentrate on just the knowledge? Or do we concentrate in thinking about issues that we might have that we need to question or think about? Issues and So, for example, um, sattva time gives us clarity of thought, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea of the time, yeah? So do I just spend that, concentrate that time only on reading the knowledge, questioning it, contemplating on it and things, or if I have an issue in, in my life that needs a thought process, do I? Because what, what, what helps us to develop more of that? That's, what, that's the idea, right? Because we want to develop more of our sattva nature yeah. so it progresses, okay, and we reduce the other two. Yeah. So do we just keep concentrating that time on the knowledge and that's it? Okay, so that time, between four and six, sattvic time is designed for you to have clarity of thought. The mind isn't active. Or if it is, it's not fully active. It's quite subdued. It's still sleeping a little bit, having a lion. So that between that four and six, whatever intellect you have is manifested, is available to you. Now, you can use that time in studying the spiritual scriptures that we're covering, as well as use that time for any issues you have in your life. You want clarity. What am I going to do at work today? I have this conflict. I need to have a meeting. Um, I need to make some decisions at work. We have a problem with a particular staff, whatever it is, where you need clarity, you can use that time to think on that. And when you do, the answer presents itself. And whatever conclusion you come to at that time of the morning, you act on it. That will be the best action you can perform. So any decisions you have to make? I want to quit my job. I want to get a new job. I need to make some decisions about my relationship. I need to make some decisions about my children. Important decisions. That is the time to think about it. You'll have clarity of thought, meaning your intellect will be available to you. And as you use that time more and more, you're developing your intellect. Is that okay? So, so it's up to you what you want to do at that time in the morning. 
You, want, you have issues in the world, you deal with that at that time in the morning. But at the same time, spend a little bit of that, half that portion of time studying what we, what we studied on the Sunday morning class, for example. Any other questions? This will help you in your life. From tomorrow, it will help you. Any decisions, major decisions you want to make, contemplate on it. Think about it. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. Friday, you can make a decision, and then you can act on it. And you'll see how you'll come up with an, a solution that even you're not aware how you came to that solution, <laughs> that conclusion. It happens, trust me. You'll surprise yourself. Because there's no point making major decisions during domestic time. <laughs> At 10 o'clock in the night. Or logistic time. It's time for action. Not thinking. The thinking time is in the morning. I don't know. I think though there's still the fear that you might not be making the right decision. Well, if you don't make the right decisions at that time, you won't make the right decisions at any time. So based on your capacity, that is the best time for you to make a decision on an issue that you have. No other time. Does that make sense? I don't know. Because whatever intellect you have is only available at that time. I can understand the clarity of the thought and that might allow you to make a decision. I'm just not so sure whether that decision that you make at the time is actually the right decision. You know, that, um, yeah, I'm just kind of, yeah. See, uh, even if you don't have the capacity to make the right decision because of lack of knowledge or whatever at that time of the morning, even then you will come to the conclusion that, you know what, I don't have enough knowledge or understanding to make the right decision, yes? I will refer it to someone who does. Yeah. For you to come to that conclusion even, you need to think about it at that time of the morning. I will ask so-and-so for their opinion because I believe they have more knowledge and understanding of this problem than I do. So for you to reach that conclusion also will happen at that time of the morning. Is that okay? So, that's the only time you have that clarity of thought. So any major decisions you want to make in life or any decisions you want to make that try and make it at that time in the morning. Any other questions, clarifications? This is a very, um, uh, this particular verse, if you understand it and you apply it, you can apply it in your life and make changes, dramatic changes. It's very practical, this verse. Emma. The Vedas deal with the three gunas, attributes. Be thou free. 
O Arjuna, from three gunas, free from the pairs of opposites, remain ever in sattva, purity, free from acquisition and preservation and established in the self. The Vedas deal with the three gunas, which constitute the different thought textures of human beings. The gunas are classified as tamas, inactive, rajas, active, and sattva, transactive. Tamas is the state of thoughts steeped in ignorance and inertia. A tamasika person is indolent, indifferent, indisposed to activity. Rajas is the state of thoughts full of passions and agitations. A rajasika person involved in the affairs of the world, bristles and bristles with desire prompted activities. Sattva is the state of thoughts characterized by equanimity, serenity and poise. A sattvika person detached from worldly transactions and excitements contemplates upon the supreme reality. Through constant contemplation and meditation upon the self, he transcends the three gunas and reaches the transatvika state, the ultimate state of self-realization. Krishna advises Arjuna to free himself from the influence of the three gunas, to move from tamas to rajas to sattva to become well established in the sattvika state. When you reach the state of pure sattva with no traces of rajas or tamas, you perforce go beyond it to merge with God consciousness. As you advance to the pure sattvika state, you, you become liberated from the pairs of opposites, termed dwanda, dwanvas. The world is made of endless pairs of opposites, like black and white, profit and loss, good and bad, joy and sorrow, honour and dishonour. You get caught up in the innumerable opposites which are created by your likes and dislikes. You like one thing and dislike another. However, the world will never cater completely to your likes and dislikes. You will at some time meet people with situations or environments which you dislike. When this happens, you develop mental agitations and suffer the sorrows thereof. Therefore, never succumb to your likes and dislikes. Free yourself from the onslaught of the Dwanvas. Another mal malady that people suffer from, from is obsession for acquisition and preservation, which is referred to as Yoga Sima. Establishment in the self provides the freedom from his obsession. Your self is supreme. It is whole. It is all blissful. If you pursue the self within and establish yourself in it, you become the whole or blissful. You do not need anything from the world to keep you fulfilled and happy. You are no longer dependent on the world. You become totally self-sufficient. Consequently, you do not care to acquire anything that you do not possess or to preserve that which is that which you possess already. Thank you. So as you become more sattvic, you become more withdrawn from the world. As you become more withdrawn from the world, worldly things don't affect you anymore. 
you're going within. Rajas and Tamas is outside in the world. So therefore you're less affected by the pairs of opposites, by whatever's going on, you're less affected. You know you have one goal in life, to reach that state. Is that okay? Any questions? Very practical verse. So we'll uh, do number 46. Yavanel ta udapani, Servata sampluto deke, Tavan servesu vedesu, Brahmanas yavijanataha, Yavanel ta udapani, Servata sampluto deke. Tavan Sarveshu Vedeshu Brahmanasya Vijanataha. To an enlightened Brahmana, all the Vedas are of as much use as a pond is where there is a flood of water everywhere. So, last week's class, we talked about pujas and rituals. So, this is linked to that. What it's saying is, the Vedas are used by all three different types of spiritual seekers. Karma yogi, a person who's taking the path of action, a devotional person, bhakta yogi, and then jnani yogi, a person who's on the path of knowledge. All three use the Vedas to reach the state of self-realization. Yeah? They all use the Vedas in some way. And he's saying, once a person has become self-realized, they no longer have any need for the Vedas. The knowledge gained in the Vedas has served its purpose. You have reached your goal. That's what he's saying. Right now, we all need the Vedas because we haven't reached that goal. So, we said last class, rituals and pujas have a purpose to get to the next stage on your spiritual path. Once you get there, you have no need for these practices. The, the rituals and the pujas helps to get you to the knowledge. Once you're gaining knowledge, you no longer need those. You no, need, no longer need to practice those. The analogy used to highlight this is that the Vedas are as much use to an enlightened soul as is a pond when there is a flood water everywhere. That's what it's saying, analogy used. In Indian village, you get, you know, in a village, you go to the well every day to get some water for use. Yeah. But if there is a flood and there's water everywhere, what's the point of going to the well? Water is everywhere. For the example I gave last week of a pole vaulter, once he's over that bar, he no longer has need for the pole, does he? He uses the pole to get over the bar. 
You can't get over the bar with the pole. He has to drop the pole. Only then he can get over the bar. Once he's over the bar, he has no need for the pole. So what he's saying is the Vedas are a means to an end to reach self-realization. Once you've reached that state, what use are the Vedas? There is no need for them. This is what this verse is saying. There is much use as water, in the, there's much use as a flood in a village where water is everywhere. Ravi. An enlightened person who has realized the self no longer needs the Vedas. The Vedas are the greatest spiritual texts. All types of spiritual practitioners make use of the Vedas for gaining the ultimate realization. The Karma Yogi makes use of the ritualistic portion for his development. The Bhakta revels in the chanting of the hymns, elogenizing the glories, the glories of nature and God. The Gyani uses the subtle philosophy of the Upishads to reach the ultimate truth. But having reached the goal of realization, they have no more use for the Vedas. The analogy given in the verse equates the Vedas to a pond. A pond in the village supplies water to the entire village. But when the whole village is flooded with water everywhere, what need have the villagers to go to the pond? Likewise, spiritual practices prescribed in the Vedas provide seekers with knowledge, peace, and happiness. These, pra these practices guide them towards self-realization. When a seeker gains the ultimate state of self-realization, he revels in absolute knowledge, peace, and bliss. Thereafter, these prescribed spiritual practices are of as much use as a pond to people in a flooded village. Any questions? Any idea what they mean? This just thought just came to me now, actually. Uh, when a seeker gains the ultimate state of self-realization, he revels in absolute knowledge. Any idea why he doesn't no longer need the Vedas and why his absolute knowledge, peace and bliss? Any idea? It's all clear now to that person. They, they what is see, clear? They see through um, you know, the illusion. Illusion, yeah, very good. Be through the illusion, so they don't need. To, I mean, they they've used the videos at the ladder to get to where they need to, but now they're transparent. They're transcendent, effectively. Transcendent. Dharmesh, what did you want to add? When you connect to the self, you're connected to yourself. There's nothing more in the world. Okay. The connection. The the Vedas are part of the world. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the world now, studying the Vedas. So the Vedas is. It's part of the world. Once you've transcended the world, you've gone beyond the world and you understand this world is just an illusion. Anything in that illusion is no good to you, is useless to you. Just as when you wake up in the morning, no matter what happened in the dream, how much money you had in the dream, it's no use to you now that you've awake. 
What use is that? Nothing. You've transcended the, the dream state to the waking state. Similarly, you've transcended the illusion of the world and reached that higher state of reality. You know the truths of life. What is more, why do you, what is more to need? What, what, what more do you need? And the Vedas are part of the world. Any questions? So we'll stop there. Ravi, please. I just, you know, when we said like uh, inherent nature, you know, if you're domestic and whatever, obviously it's more difficult for a person that has a greater sort of, um, you know, laziness in their standard nature. So the nurturing or that person to seek the knowledge is going to be more <laughs> difficult for them. Absolutely. Because they're going against the grain of their natural behavior. Is that what? You... Yes. Their nature is such. You take them to, you put the class on for them. Sunday morning, you force them to wake up. Let's say one of your child is tamasic. You force them to wake up. Yeah. So you must listen to this lecture at 10.30 today. You'll be falling asleep. Because his nature won't allow him to understand any of this, absorb this. He's lazy. He doesn't want to think. But then that nature, he doesn't, he can't help it. Hmm. It's only so, when the other Ganas awaken in themselves. Yeah. So Swami Ramakita, he told people in, in how to develop, he said, just go and play football. Go and play football. Why? Because at least they're transcending the tamasic state of laziness by playing football, at least they're being rajasic. They're acting, action, they're getting out of bed. So he says, just go and play football. Once you're in rajasic state, at least then you have the chance to get to the higher state. But from tamasic, you cannot go up to sattvic state. Any other clarifications? Yeah, Kevin. Um, just a few minutes ago, we, we talked about, or we used like sort of an analogy that the dream waker wakes up uh, in the real world. And sort of we, when we self-realized, we are transcending the state. It's just like going into, you can see through the illusion. Um, just like how we go into a dream every night when we go to bed and, and, and we wake up in the morning and we come out of that state. When you are self-realized, I mean, you've, you've attained all the knowledge, you've un understood the world, you, you passed, you can see through the illusion, but can you come back into the current state? So like, I don't know, maybe when you're in that state, do you, you know, do you, is there, is, there, is that the end? Or if you don't, I don't know, practice being sattvic, do you come back into, in, into like out of self-realization? Is that possible? Um, good question. Um, it's difficult to get down, come down again from that level. Because you're reveling in that peace and bliss when you reach that state. Everyone is looking for peace and happiness. When you've reached that state of peace and happiness, of absolute peace and happiness, why would you want to go down to the agitated state again? You understand I've reached that goal. 
Why do I want to be agitated again? Why do you want to get back into the world and deal with all the nonsense? Yeah. So essentially, so, yeah, go on. So I was going to say, so essentially, we just have to worry about getting there. Once we're there, we don't have to worry about staying there because automatically we'll stay there. You'll automatically stay there. <laughs> okay. Nothing will matter because nothing will, you know, the truth of life. You see, once you wake up in the morning into the waking world, your wife's saying, coffee's ready, breakfast is ready. <laughs> why, would you want to go, why would you want to go back into the dream state? <laughs> no matter how good the dream is. <laughs> yeah, no matter how good the dream is. <laughs> you don't want to go back. You understand it was an illusion. Mm. Same thing. Once you reach that state, why would you want to go back down? Yeah. Okay. yeah. But good question. Anybody else? Any other clarifications? That verse took so long, I didn't realize time went past so quickly, that one verse. <laughs> but, you know, today's class, leave today's class with an understanding of the three qualities. Observe it in yourself, those three qualities. In the morning when you're staying, but oh, I'm being tamasic. I need to get to the sattvic. I need to get up. Put the alarm on for early. All right, from tomorrow, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock. Tonight, I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock latest. I need to increase that. You can do that from today. Be aware of that quality within you. Strive to get to that sattvic state. Don't be frustrated. You try every other day at least to begin with. Once you, once you revel in that state in the morning where the intellect's available to you and you think, wow, this is amazing. I didn't know I had this strength. You'll be addicted to it. And you get better, you should say, join my 5 a.m. club. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, it's an individual. Everyone's individual. There's no club. It's a, it's a path for yourself to follow and get to. Thank you. I think uh, today I had goosebumps listening to this uh, particular verse. It's, uh, it's, you know, it makes you feel lighter when you, you start finding the truth. Yeah. So it's and, a what is that and what is that truth is knowledge. It's always been there. It's been there for 5,000 years. We're just not aware of it. That's all it is. You know, it's always been there. We're just not aware of it. So, but having said that, it's only now that you're able to um, identify with it, understand it. Five years ago, you may think, what's this nonsense? So this knowledge has been there, but it'll only come to you when you're ready. You'll only get these goosebumps when you're ready. Before that, you'll just be nonsense to you. So that's why, because you're not ready for it. Great. So, Thank you. Welcome Tuesday, group discussion. Everybody wants to discuss this further, learn more. Then we can have a, an informal discussion. So until then, have a nice uh, 
Sunday and we'll see you next week.